0: Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Tabor hey. and Aaron Davis. Hiya. And we are uh, starting a new sermon series this week called The Word That Connects. Uh, And we're looking at how uh, God has acted in the Old Testament and how it, uh, how we connect with that and how it connects with the New Testament. Uh, So this last week, we talked about how God chose a a people. Um, And we specifically looked at Deuteronomy chapter 7. So I'm just going to read a verse from that. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. So uh, there's the chosen. what's that? Yeah, chosen. <laughs> what does that mean to be a chosen people uh, by God? And uh, is that fair <laughs> to, to be his chosen people?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And the way that this question is phrased to me sometimes is essentially it is not fair, right? That's exclusive. Um, right. How could it be that a God that loves everyone is choosing specific people? Uh, yeah. So that's the question as we start. That's the question I sort of want to, uh, sort of, that I do want to Uh, begin with. Um, Maybe I'm going to monologue here for a minute. I don't know. (laughs) We're hoping you would. You're hoping I would. Um, And the the easiest or the most straightforward answer that I've come up with is basically to say, um, yes, it's exclusive, but it's open to everyone. That's, I think that's half of the answer. Um, Yes, it is exclusive, but it's open, it's available to everyone. Everybody's invited. The other half of the answer is, and it falls on people like me, people who believe this uh, to share that message. So what I'm always trying to get across there with that second piece is some sort of, I I guess I would use the word integrity. Um, I want to show the person I'm speaking to that I take seriously the implications of what I'm saying yeah it is in a sense exclusive it's open to everybody and my job my role my mandate one might say is to share that with people around me
0: mm-hmm.
2: is so that fair?
1: would would it almost be like you could say uh god chooses everyone but some people choose not to be chosen if you wanted to do a, a, a riddle you could say that <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's also like um, like a stumbling block for some people, too, because there are so many different Christianities, right? Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this whole like, yeah, but what club am I going into? You know, like what what ticket am I punching when I join this, you know, group that has all these people? Because nobody agrees on anything, you know, except for one thing.
2: The other Christians are chosen. yeah. yeah. In answer to your question, Andrew. I gave a flippant response, but I'll say this: uh, Theologically, yeah. If you want to get into the theology of it, that's that's something of it, right? Um, all the invitation of Jesus is for everyone, um, but we know that some 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 people don't. Uh, as we say it in Lutheran theology, if a person I'm using air quotes now for a person accepts Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit gets the credit, and if they don't, uh, they get the fault. Mm -hmm. so the spirit does not work in every single heart to bring about conversion we know that um i didn't admit i didn't say it that way because in situations where i've encountered that question it's often a much more pragmatic question than it is theological it's much more of kind of what aaron is saying of of, what does it what does it mean that a, a loving god chooses some people um I'll say one theological point just by way of equipping our listeners. Um, the, 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 the kind of dot, 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 or the, the unsaid piece of that is, well, if God is choosing some people, he must be not choosing other people. Right. That is a theological doctrine known as double predestination, that some people are uh, destined for heaven and some people are destined for hell. That's the, the easiest way to say it. Uh, that is not a scriptural doctrine. That's not biblical. Uh, if you want to talk to me offline we can do the, the bible verses of what what that is um the word predestined is used in scripture uh, god predestined some right what the, what it does not so so that is he predestined some uh to be part of his kingdom part of his family right. what it does not say is that he predestined others to be not part of his family uh,
0: exactly and i think that that's a big distinction because you know like especially when you're talking to your non-church neighbors, like I wouldn't want to follow a God that was damning people either. You know what I mean? Like purposefully, like, okay, you're in, you're not in, you're in. It's, I mean, nobody wants to follow that guy. He's kind right. of, <laughs>
2: but right. that's not my God. <laughs> we want to go, if we want to go back to the old Testament kind of theology, not theology, but the practice of it, as was our, our sermon this weekend, mm-hmm. God chooses the people of Israel but he does it for, for, for the reason that they would be messengers. Uh, he designates a, a people so others will know about it. Uh, so it goes back to, the, again, it, it is exclu- it's, it is, it's exclusive. You have to believe, but it's open to everybody. And we are tasked with sharing that.
0: But even in the Old Testament, and I've brought this up with many of my non-believing friends, is like, he doesn't, it's not just Israel right like I mean look at Ruth Ruth was a Moabite right he chooses people that are not necessarily like already chosen right it doesn't exclude you from being in the fold just because you're born into a different place or a different thing or if you were born into an atheistic family it doesn't mean that you're not going to be Christian eventually you know what I mean
1: yeah or that you can't be yeah right
0: or that like yeah or like we're not going to let you in (laughs)
1: But you're predestined to not be a Christian, so sorry. <laughs> know, right? I'm not going to talk to you about it.
2: Maybe to wrap this up, I would say, if you if you listener find yourself confronted with that question, I would say, um, in one sense, own it. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it unfair? Well, or isn't it exclusive? If yeah, that's one of our cultural values, right? Right now, you're not supposed to be exclusive. Own that. Don't try to don't don't be afraid of it. Don't try to fight against it. Just don't. Yeah. It. it is exclusive. At the same time, it's open to everyone. Mm -hmm.
0: My mom, when I was little, she would always say, um, "God loves everybody, but I'm His favorite." And (laughs) I would always tell her, "That's not biblical, Mom." (laughs) 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 But like that was her mantra, like all the time when we were growing up. It was like God loves everybody, but I'm His favorite. (laughs) Like,
1: okay. How do you know that's not true? Maybe she. I know.
0: I mean, maybe (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was Jesus that was His favorite.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of more what he said okay I mean, who's second though that's what yeah. i want. So close
0: second close second <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right well so uh that, that's one thing that's hard about this for our, our to talk with our neighbors about is uh whether it's fair or not but it's it's also hard uh looking back at some of these old testament themes and uh stories uh, because a lot of it just feels a little fanciful so as we're talking about this with our neighbors what how might you respond to that accusation? let's, let's
2: pause there because uh, I, I, I in a sense I agree with it but you, you said a big thing um one or either Andrew or Aaron define what you mean by that
0: so I think sometimes when you get into the stories of the Old Testament it makes the Bible seem more fictionalized where it makes it seem more like that like the flood right like that seems crazy right the um parting of the Red Sea like that's that's banana pants right even some of the other like smaller stories where it's like you know um what was it Gideon where he like beat all those people with just like 300 people or whatever I don't remember what the number was but you know what I'm saying like like that's
1: Jericho like the
0: math doesn't add up in that situation that's
1: quiet yeah
2: so so when you say banana pants um (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking bananas and pajamas that old show uh, oh yeah that was a good one one. Um, <laughs> what you mean, Aaron, is that it it, it can't work that way. Um,
0: yes, the world as we know it that's doesn't line up.
2: Yeah, rivers don't yes. just whoop, separate apart or march exactly. around a city, blow some horns, and 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 stone walls fall down. Can't work that way. Um, so that's what we mean by fictionalized, fanciful. Uh, and let me say this to those who are now like you, some some of you are listening to this and your ears are itching right now. Um, mm-hmm because many of us have been raised in the church. I'm one of these. I've, I've been reading these stories my whole life. And so sometimes it's hard for us to say, well, what do you mean it, could, it, it feels, it looks fictional? Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't, right? These are, these are stories, these are true, I know them, um, which is a fair perspective that if you're like me and you were raised with it, or you've been around a long time, totally understand that perspective. But I also always like to keep in mind for my own self um because i think it's really important as we are uh talking with neighbors talking with coworkers, it's really important to be able to take their perspective seriously yes so you might hear that hear us talk about this and some people think it's fiction and again it makes your ears itch here's the way i think through this i have grown up with with the, the stories of the bible i have not grown up with the stories of the quran or the stories of the book of mormon Mm-hmm. So when I read those, they feel like fiction to me. yeah I read them and they say, this doesn't you know this is weird. And what I always try to keep in mind is many, many, many of the people around me have that experience with the stories of the Bible. They approach the Bible as I might approach the Book of Mormon, for example. right. Um, they have as much understanding or relationship to the Bible as I do the Mormon. Well, that just to say, this is a way that helps me kind of take that perspective seriously. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And I also have a, like, when, when I was younger, obviously, my knee jerk reaction was to just be like, try and help them understand how all of these stories in the Old Testament actually happened, right? And now that I'm older, I'm like, I don't need you to believe in Moses, right? Like, I don't need you to understand how all of this happened. I need you to love Jesus right so i think when we come down to like the bare level of what we're trying to do then that other stuff is just like this is an example of god's power this is how god showed his love this is how god showed mercy right like that's the old testament to me is it's like a it's like a you're reading the rest of the story but it's not the main point of the story
1: well even jesus says that the old testament is pointing to him so uh as we're talking with our friends and neighbors um, I, th- I think that's a way to go about that conversation is, yeah, those old those Old Testament stories, they do seem uh, outside of the the norm for us, uh, but there's a reason they're there. There's a reason God made wanted those things to happen and it was to point to Jesus and to uh, his saving us
2: or to other aspects of so they they show us God's power, God's yep. God's things. Um, there's lots of there's lots of good we can take from them. Even before we come to the question of, are they, are they literally truth?
0: And I've said many, like many, many a times I've said, like, if somebody can prove to me that the flood didn't happen, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to believe in Jesus. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If somebody can prove to me that, you know, the red sea didn't actually part, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to like, that's not what my faith is hinged on. That is just a richer, makes my faith richer by knowing those things, you that's- know? But that's not what my my that's not what I'm trying to get people to understand. I'm not trying to get people to understand how the flood works. I'm trying yep. to get people to understand how much Jesus loves them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well said. And uh, like you said, it, your faith is based on Jesus, and uh, part of that is believing that Jesus actually rose from the dead, uh, and actually healed people, and actually did all these miracles. Uh, and if we believe God worked that way with Jesus. Why wouldn't he be able to do all these other miracles of the Old Testament?
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, that's
1: a. I think that's a C.S. Lewis argument. I can't remember.
2: Probably.
0: Sorry.
2: So, I agree with both of those. I agree, um, Aaron, what you said just now. Of, you know, I'm not. It's. It is more important to me that a person. Um, believes in and has a relationship with Jesus than that they believe the Red Sea, for example, parted, you know, to dry ground. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying of, of kind of, we don't want to get hung up there. We, so you're telling us a little bit what not to say,
0: <laughs>
2: which is good. But let's right. talk now about what do we do if we find ourselves in conversation with somebody who says well, that couldn't have happened? Where do we go from there? So in the back of my head, I know don't want to get hung up there. Aaron said it's better if they uh, if they have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. What though is the response?
0: You mean if they don't have a relationship with Jesus and they're telling us that it's fiction? Sure. Cool. Uh,
1: I, I think we've talked about this in a, an old episode, um, but I I think the way I would look at it is that uh, they as a non believer live in a world where only nature happens or Mm -hmm. only natural things happen
0: things that are explainable
1: yeah exactly like there's a scientific method and these things are repeatable and we know that anything outside of what's repeatable can't happen um whereas we as believers in a god who created everything and is uh above those laws of of nature um he can interject into our natural world with supernatural things mm-hmm. uh, and that's where those miracles happen is when when God's interjecting in our natural world with his supernatural power
0: and I do have to say that is probably the hardest thing to get across to people that aren't that don't have any relationship with God is the supernatural aspect of it because it is I mean it's just it's everywhere and once you have that relationship with Jesus you see it everywhere so like like my husband always gets irritated cuz when something happens right like for example he went to the gym the other day right he was going to skip leg day cuz everybody skips leg day right I and for years he <laughs> saw a mind. guy I mean, with a shirt <laughs> he saw a guy with a shirt on that says there's no excuse do some squats right so then he felt Like he needed to do squats, right? So he came home and he told me this whole story, right? And I'm laughing the whole time. And then he looks at me and he goes, and I know you think that that's Jesus telling me (laughs) to do leg day. And I was like, hey, I didn't say it, you did, you know? Like, cause that's what I say all the time when when like little happenstances happen like that. Yeah, it's the first thing that pops into my mind. God didn't want you to skip leg day. I don't know why, I don't know his plans, right? But he didn't want you to skip leg day. And so like little things like that pop in my head and it's so ingrained in our family now that it's almost like it's just part of our vernacular like stuff happens and even though it seems like it's just coincidence I always like attribute it to God right always
2: fair enough I'm not gonna let either one of you off the hook though um <laughs> great theology from Andrew great story from Aaron. still want to know what are you going to say to the person who says the red sea didn't part that way
0: I, I'm gonna say I don't care I really am. I'm gonna say I don't care. I still believe in Jesus.
1: Okay, I mean, that's, that's okay. kind
0: of my go-to about everything. I don't care.
1: I guess I would ask, uh, does that does that make a huge difference uh, to whether or not Jesus rose from the dead? And you would ask that person that question. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. they don't I, believe in Jesus rose from the dead. In the, in the right relationship, he could. Yeah, yeah well, I have certain friends who, like for instance, uh, don't believe in the the literal seven day creation. Uh, They believe in evolution and that kind of stuff. And, and they're still Christian. They just, they think maybe it's an allegory or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think that necessarily stops them from having faith in Jesus. Uh, It changes maybe the way I, it's different than what I would believe, I think, but um, I don't necessarily think if having a hard time believing certain aspects, uh, means you have to throw out the whole thing. I like that. Yeah. yeah especially there. I think you talked yourself into a really good response. <laughs> yeah, I was struggling <laughs> for
2: a second, but loop back around.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, uh,
2: that's why I asked the question twice because it gave me twice as much thinking time.
0: <laughs> say, what would you say?
2: Yeah, I think I would say something along those lines. I would say, I. so I have two thoughts in my head. Um, and maybe I'll give the thought and then I'll give an example of it. I like, Andrew, what you said of, um, don't throw the whole thing away just because you have trouble with certain parts mm-hmm. I think that's it um, I might switch it a, a little bit because I always in those responses I always want to point to a little bit of good news or point toward good news so I might say something more, more positive um, less of a don't I might say um, something along the line so I still think there's really good um, you know there's something really good to be had there Um, even as parts of it are hard to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing uh, that I would suggest is, and we're going to move in this direction, I think with the rest of our conversation, is uh, think about, so the way I always think about this is, do I want my neighbor to literally believe, if I had to choose, for my neighbor to literally believe the Red Sea parted, or, which is a weird thing we're hung up on this because it wasn't already. <laughs> if I had to choose between my neighbor literally believes the Red Sea Party, or my neighbor believes and trusts something of God that's illustrated by that idea, which would I pick? And it's the second one. Um, so mm. what I would do, I would think about, and it's a hard, it's a hard kind of mental conversation to have in the moment, right? But I would think about. Why does that story matter to me? It doesn't matter to me because of a waterway part. I don't care less about that. Uh, it shows it shows God's power. It shows his willingness and His ability to uh, protect those that He loves. Whatever it might be. So I would think about what. It, why does that story matter? And then how can I convey that message? So I might say in response. Then I might say the person says to me, "I don't think I don't believe it could have happened that way." I might say. You know, I, I believe differently. It's okay that we're, we differ on that. Um, but it's still, the reason it's important to me is because I,
1: I believe it shows God's willingness to protect
2: those that he does. That's a good
1: the, idea. The struggle for me with that, though, is that the, there's a certain God I want them to know, and it's hard for me to separate God's power and his ability to f- forgive your sins and his ability to... Um, bring you to eternal life, uh, with his power to part the red sea, like if you can't part the red sea and it's hard for them to wrap their mind around that it's also going to be hard for them to wrap their mind around a God who loves me despite what I do and, uh, wants me to spend eternity with him.
0: That's a very good point.
1: Valid, valid concern. Two thoughts.
2: What a good conversation to have with others listening to.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, two thoughts. The first thought is, it will be hard for them to wrap their, their mind around what you said, a God who loves me regardless and, and forgives me and wants me to be part of this family. That will be hard even if they agree to the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Solving one, but getting hung up in the in, the, in the small doesn't solve the big. Right. The second thought is the thing that you're, you're uh, wanting them to get to, a God who loves me and forgives me, that's Holy Spirit work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apologeticing them into the, an understanding of, of the Red Sea or the, the, the flood doesn't do Holy Spirit work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We can so so again. They both kind of amount to. I love your goal. We want them to have a relationship with Jesus to understand God who forgives their sins and wants them to be part of His family and died and rose for that. We want that. I love your goal getting hung up in the smaller thing that, that points to it right doesn't, doesn't get us there I yeah, also, I guess, go ahead there.
0: I was gonna say I've also found in my conversations about this the more that I humble myself and say that I don't have know all the answers about the Bible. And guess what? Nobody does, even if they say they do, like you could study Bible for your entire life, right? And you could still be uncovering things by the time you're 105, right? So I, the more that I let people know that I don't know all the answers and I don't know everything. And I don't have all that. The more that I do that, the more it puts people at ease to actually have these bigger conversations. The more that I dig in and I'm like, no, the Red Sea actually parted, like this totally happened. The more people are like, I don't want to talk to you, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying I would sit there and argue. I'm not saying you would. (laughs) These things for sure happen. But I I probably would uh, maybe try to defend the the idea that Jesus did rise from the dead. yeah, <laughs> that's I the mean, question.
0: Like, but that's a cornerstone. That's what I'm saying. Like that's different but than like the stories in the
1: If Jesus is able to rise from the dead, why wouldn't he be able to part the Red Sea? So yeah, I, I, I guess that's I would, true. Yes, you're you're accurate. I would end up back at the same that's place accurate. either way. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're totally on target. If
2: Jesus can rise from the dead, then if if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can part a river. Can do anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're making a backward argument, which I actually thought that was in my head as. Um, as Aaron was talking, is it is really, really hard. Again, I, I'll use myself. I was raised with these stories. I know them my whole life. Mm-hmm. It's really, and I do what Andrew does. I see Andrew, the connection. God who is able to, um, part of C, is connected is in a linear way to God who can raise the dead. But it's really, really hard for me to know if I believe in A because, because I already believed in B. So right. you're, you're saying to me, I want this person to believe A so that they will believe B. I want them to believe the miracles of the Old Testament so they
1: yeah. will believe the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, not necessarily. I, I, I'm probably talking I'm, myself in circles, but uh, yeah. I think it's a good point to make. Yeah. Uh,
2: I like what you're saying because it's a good point to make. Um, so we want, right? And I think whether you're saying that or not, I think people say it. Um, we want but understand the old testament miracles so you will believe in the resurrection of jesus what i'm saying is i'm not even sure it happened that way for me i'm maybe sure that the reason i believe the old testament miracles is because i started with believing jesus god raises dead yeah yeah
0: and every everybody's journey is different too Mm so you never know what might cause them to believe but i just think that if we are a little bit more receptive to what other people have to say, it's easier for them to actually have those conversations with us.
1: That's a great question. Not a question, that was a, not a question, it was a statement. <laughs>
0: Is
1: it? <laughs> and I think you're right. I don't think there's many people out there who become convinced that the flood happened and then become convinced that Jesus rose from the dead. It's
0: right.
1: <laughs> the other way around this
0: one yeah. i'm totally getting behind but that raising from <laughs> the dead thing i don't know
2: yeah, i got that figured out now i can <laughs> those so,
0: guys I mean, are I mean, 600 have, years old i totally I mean, am on I board
2: <laughs> uh we have one more topic we wanted to discuss and i have seven percent battle life left so maybe that will be my inartful transition
0: <laughs> I, love I love it all right what was the last part
1: uh so the uh, was you are you hoping to get to what are the principles of faith that we can pull yeah, out of these <laughs> yeah so, go ahead okay
0: there's one real quick thing i wanted to say about this and i think that this is actually oh, like boy. a little a little bit of a um blind spot for like our sunday school stuff what's
2: the blind spot what are you ta- what are you, what's the this you're talking about
0: okay i'm talking about pointing jesus to the old testament right when i was a kid it was like here's the stories of the old testament here's the stories yeah. of jesus Like nobody ever told. I I was 30 before I understood the fact that Jesus was actually in Genesis. Like that, I mean, I've already told my kids that Jesus is in Genesis. They get it right. They're nine and six. They totally understand the fact. So I don't know why it was like, let's teach the cool Bible stories and then let's teach about Jesus. And then they'll figure it out when they're older.
1: (laughs) And it could be a blind spot for churches, but it could also be for, at least for me, Uh, That I wasn't paying attention when they were talking about this. I don't
0: feel like anybody pointed that to me. Might have shown. Remembered that.
2: So any Sunday school teachers that are listening, we like you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank (laughs) you for your your valuable ministry. Yes,
0: I mean we do. We love you.
2: (laughs) But it's because we teach chronologically. Um, Yes. That's really the issue there. So Aaron, you are responding to the point I did not introduce yet. So let me back up and, and, and <laughs> threw the, the rest of the listeners in on our conversation that got that. Yeah. Uh, which is this idea that we, the, the goal of this podcast is to help, help us think through how we use the sermon in conversation with neighbors, co-workers, friends throughout the week. And um, we talked about the idea that Old Testament sermons in particular
0: Oh, he froze oh and he was gonna go into a whole big thing too i knew it i knew it i think I was what... not saying anything bad about bible study teachers but <laughs> i was thinking it really is the chronological thing that jason was talking about right and it is how like even when people are reading the bible like they're reading it chronologically even though it's not Genesis,
1: written that way. Get yes. stuck Deuteronomy. Exactly.
0: <laughs> even though it's totally not written that way so right. I mean, that is the main crux of the matter. But like my girls now, they, because I knew, right? Like I knew that right. Genesis is also Jesus, right? Since they knew that, they know that now, you know? And so it's, I just think we have to rethink how we're, it's not just stories, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: It's bigger than stories. Hey, you're back.
2: I'm okay. back. Hello.
1: <laughs> I talked for a while. All right. So you were saying- the old Testament. How
2: do we connect this? Um, these Old Testament ideas and stories, especially to those who maybe don't yet believe. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I don't know what you guys said, so I'll just say what my suggestion has been. I like and that. we can talk about it. Uh it's similar to what I said previously of um it is hard sometimes to connect directly the story for the reasons we've talked about, mm-hmm. but right. in each of these old testament stories, ideas, sermons, there are ideas. Uh, there are principles of faith uh, that c- could be attractive uh, to those around us, and so we can we can share those without necessarily having to share directly the story of De- Deuteronomy chapter six. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, for instance, uh, in Pastor Dan's sermon this week uh, on this topic, he talked about how God chose Israel and how Israel was smallest and the weakest and. Uh, and God chose David, who was the smallest and weakest out of his brothers, and God chooses uh, people who may not make sense to anyone else, why he would choose them, Uh, and I think that's uh, something that our friends and neighbors could get behind, is that uh, it's not always the biggest and strongest and coolest and smartest that uh, has something worthwhile. Uh, All of us have something to provide, Mm -hmm. uh, even if we, we don't feel like we're the most accomplished or the-
2: yeah i read one time that uh every u.s president has been at least six feet tall
1: <laughs>
2: and that the taller candidate in every election the taller candidate wins what? Which, maybe, maybe there are some exceptions um uh, but but by and large the taller candidate of the, of the final two wins um the reason for that is we like the biggest the strongest and the, the nicest and the nicest looking all that stuff the King Saul. Uh, yeah. We like the Saul more than we like David. Um, so again, yeah, I think that's a great example of kind of what is that principle. Of, uh, there's a place here, uh, in this family, there's a place even for the smaller, the weaker, the one who maybe quote unquote, doesn't have a lot to offer. And
0: if you don't think you have anything to offer, you do.
2: Guess what you do. Yeah.
0: And God, and God will show you what it is.
2: That's a great one. Here's the one that, that came to my mind. Um, we talk about God chooses a people, and God chooses not only the people of Israel, but all of us. Right? We talk about as being God's chosen people, and we use this language, this particular language, in our baptism liturgy. We say, "You belong now to God." If I belong to God, I will say, as an as an American, especially, um, I was raised on a steady diet of independence and self reliance, and you know, bootstrap <laughs> and all that stuff. Freedom. Freedom. Self made man. Um, but if I belong to God, that means I don't have to belong to myself. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't have to be the driver in the driver's seat all the time. Uh,
1: I don't have to prove myself. Oh, man. I, lost I think he was about to start singing Carrie Underwood, so this is probably good. Yeah.
0: Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> oh, go ahead. You're, you're back.
1: Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel is cliche, but it's sort of
2: that. <laughs> that this is an invitation to not have to be the one who makes everything happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is exhausting and hard to do. and
0: Yes. Right. Trying to be in control of a world that is out of control is just impossible <clears throat> and life
1: draining. Mm-hmm. So God's choosing you means he's got, he's got you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, That's why uh, one of my favorite verses has always been Matthew 6, where Jesus talks about, uh, look at the birds of the air and do I not provide for them? Mm-hmm. We can trust that. We don't have to be in control. God, God's in charge of it. He's going to make things happen.
2: Yep. So if I were going to share this with someone, I might say something along the lines of, um, when I look at this idea, this story of God choosing people, um, I don't always like, and it, it means that I belong to him. I don't always like belonging to others. But I also know that having to do it all myself all the time is really hard and I'm not good at it. So for me, what this means is it's an invitation to rest in knowing that God's got some of it like he's taking care of me
0: yeah. yeah I like it cool
2: I'm gonna drop off whether you guys do or not like any minute now
1: <laughs> so <laughs> well, right, Andrew, well,
0: do you want to pray for us
1: I will pray for us do it it's probably the first time I've prayed because I usually ask somebody else to
0: do it. I know Aaron
1: well, got you let's wrap up in prayer heavenly father we thank you for uh choosing us and for uh, calling us to be your people and to uh, go out into our communities and uh, to share your love and your forgiveness with the people around us. Uh, be with us as we try to to find the best ways to do that and fill us with your Holy Spirit as we go out uh, and fill us with your words instead of our own so that uh, mm-hmm. people may come to you and know that uh, you love them and that you care for them. Uh, be with us all this week and uh, bless our our goings out and our comings in all this we pray in your name amen 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 all right well, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you all next good. week
0: bye thanks for joining us for the pack the house show for more content like this or to connect with us visit our website cornerstone